The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Welcome to Everybody is Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf review podcast where we make our way through every episode of Red Dwarf. There's always at least two of us here, me, Phil, a long-term, long-time fan even, and Adam, watching it for the very first time. Yes, indeed. My uh, Amazingly, for the first time in my 25 years of existence, but thoroughly enjoying it so far, I will point out. And occasionally, we like to invite a friend on to join us for a third perspective. Sometimes they're fellow longtime fans like me, sometimes they're complete newbies like Adam, and sometimes they're somewhere in between. And today, we're joined by the fabulous Jesse Gender. Welcome. Hey, you also have Newt here. My, my cat is currently climbing <laughs> all over me at the moment. So you have actually two guests at this point. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, the, we could get some informed opinions about the character of the cat from a cat. Exactly, exactly. exactly. I'm sure Newt will have many thoughts about cat. How, how do you feel, <laughs> Newt, about the representation of the cat species in this program? Do you want to say something? Do you want to tell me how? No, it's, no. It's, it's a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts. I think I, I think see. he finds it kind of stereotypical, you know? It's a bit offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got, to, you've got to bear in mind, this was, you know, the 80s, early 90s. I Representation know, I know. hadn't come along ago. very far then, you know? Yeah, I mean, hopefully... you just should have been happy to have a cat character at all, really, at yeah. that point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Jesse. What's your, your, you're a fellow pop culture YouTuber. Yeah, uh, so I have a YouTube channel where I talk about basically pop culture and try to talk about social and political issues through um you know geek topics like mostly lgbtq stuff but not always and not always exclusively and then also just like a general focus on star trek as well though it's kind of shifting with time and whenever star trek shows are on and also my random interests so that's we've, basically I, long and short of it i think we've said in the past when we when we've done collabs that uh my channel is very much a Doctor Who bent with like some smatterings of other stuff and and the occasional Star Trek. And yours is like the flip side of that. Yours is mostly Star Trek with spatterings of other stuff, including a little bit of Doctor Who. So we're exactly. like we're like the mirror image of each other there. <laughs> Two sides. You, even, you just need to get the goatee and then the perfect mirror images. Yes. Yeah, so well, I've got a beard. I could just shave the sides off and then I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll be the uh, evil mirror universe counterparts um i think you're coming up to about eighty thousand subscribers now on your main channel aren't you? Nice. yeah it's soon soon yeah i'm getting <laughs> I'm aiming for the 100k by the end of the year that's my that's my goal we'll see if that nice. happens but it'll yeah. be fun if on the very off chance you have not heard of, of Jessie before this podcast, then do go check out her channel and help her get to that 100,000 by the end of the year. Well, thank you very much. It should be fun. It should be fun. But it's just it's a good time, and I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Newt seems to... Newt seems to enjoy the job that gives him food, so that's all they yeah. <laughs> Now, you also co-host a podcast with fellow YouTuber Council of Geeks, a.k.a. Yes. Vera Wild, a.k.a. Nathaniel. Yeah. Uh, and it's called What the Frell. It's a Farscape review podcast where a long-term fan and someone watching the show for the very first time review every episode of that show in order. 
And yes, you did do it first. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, mirror images, mirror images. I feel like Red Dwarf and Farscape feel like kind of mirror images of... Actually, that's actually not a completely inaccurate statement to say that Farscape and Red Dwarf are kind of mirror, like mirror universe versions of each other. They're like people trapped on a ship that don't really like each other, but one's more of a comedy-based and one's more of a drama-based, but they both have elements of each other. But it's kind of basically the same basic concept to a degree. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I do have to admit that your your podcast, which I have been listening to, uh, although I am a bit behind on, uh, is... Gasp, how do uh, you? I know. <laughs> I've got to catch up. Um, uh, it, it was partly the inspiration for this one because I was listening to to that. And I said this when, when we had uh, Councillor Geeks on as well, uh, that I was listening to that. And, and around about the same time, Adam on his YouTube channel had a video where he happened to mention that he'd never seen Red Dwarf. And I was like, <laughs> I, right, yeah. <laughs> we, we need to do a podcast like this one. <laughs> the stars that's, aligned. That's how, I mean, that's how the Farscape podcast uh, started. Like I was literally on uh, one of my live streams and uh, Council of Geeks just happened to be there. And I just mentioned like, oh, I never saw Farscape. I think someone like asked about it and they were like, they were like, you've never seen Farscape? Oh, I will be contacting you about that. And, <laughs> sorry, my cat is now eating... Newt, but come here. Yeah, I'm gonna let. I'm gonna put him in the other room because otherwise he'll get. He wants to steal the show. We'll be, exactly. We're all being upstaged. So. Exactly. <laughs> so there you go. If you, if basically, if you want to indoctrinate somebody into a show that you love, invite them to start a podcast about it, and yes. that's, that's the way to do it. That's Absolutely. exactly the right way to do it. That's how. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get all my friends into Star Trek. It's like let's do a Deep Space Nine podcast together. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever need inspiration before we delve into the Red Dwarf episode today, I've got to ask Jesse, and this might shock some people, but um, despite you know claiming to be a, a fellow nerd as well, I haven't seen that much of the of the Star Trek <gasps> universe. I know only the uh, only the first two modern movies, really. <sighs> Um, okay, so, well, I guess yeah. I, I can't I can't associate with anybody <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> I'm off this podcast right now. It's not right because now. I'm saying, oh, I don't like Star Trek. I just it's, no, it's just something I never. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like you know, you have shows where you're yeah. like, oh yeah, maybe I'll check that out, and then you just never end up doing it. But out of all of those Star Trek TV shows, I guess is there any for a first timer? Should I start with the '60s one, or does it not really matter? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've heard I've heard the '60s show is a bit, you know. Yeah, as it it's ups, you know, as it's downs. So. It depends on your tolerance or stuff. And by the way, I should say, it's totally cool, obviously. Any <laughs> level of Star Trek, whether you've seen any Star Trek or no Star Trek, totally cool. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of depends on what your level of tolerance is. If if you're someone who's like a completionist and I need to see everything through, and you're like, I will see everything through regardless, I just need to make the plan, start with the 60s show, that makes the most sense. If you're mm -hmm. someone that needs like enticing, if you want like some of the best stuff, I would say start Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. Okay. Those two shows are generally the best, just know that they both kind of start off rough. Okay. <laughs> like, especially Next Gen starts off very rough. Yeah, maybe but like are... start with season three of uh, Next oh, right. Gen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just forget yeah. the first two, got you. So. Um, or, or, but if you're someone who's also like, I, I can't really stand older stuff, I would say like Star Trek 2009, Star Trek Discovery, those are fairly good on points as well. So it, it sort of depends on what you're looking at. If you're a completionist, original series. If you're someone who like, I just need the quality stuff and that's it. Next Gen, yeah. Deep Space Nine. If you're looking for like, I need something more modern, Discovery is a good place to start. So Okay, that's cool. I mean, I'm probably, I'd probably go down more of the completionist route. And mm. in terms of tolerance, I mean, 
for someone who's put up with the the hokiest episodes of classic Doctor Who, I think I'll be all right with uh <laughs> with classic I mean, Star Trek. There's literally <laughs> so. an episode where Spock gets his brain taken out of his body and gets walked around like a mechanical doll. That's uh yes. it's, it's, it's like something yes. right out of Red Dwarf. <laughs> and Let's they take it totally Let's seriously. <laughs> Phil, that's what we're doing next. We're gonna do the original Star Trek. Series. Once once we finish this <laughs> yeah. in about it's, a year and a half's time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is just is just as funny in in a completely sincere way (laughs) (laughs) well there we go as lister once said i believe in an episode enough of all that star trek crap um (laughs) let's uh, let's move on to red dwarf there is a spock (laughs) reference in this episode which made me very happy sorry that was an aside but Um, we're talking about White Hole today, which is a series four episode. As usual, I've forgotten which episode number it is. Are we episode on episode four? I think you're you're good at remembering this. Episode four. <laughs> that's it of um of series four of Red Dwarf. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I got to stop you. Right, come on. You you Brits have like six episode seasons. We're here in like, the US. We got like 26, 30 episodes. How do you not remember what number you are? It's because we have no money. We can't afford to do 26. You you think the BBC, it's like, oh yeah, you'll make 26 episodes. They were like, ah, ah, started sweating. Already. Partly the reason I can't remember which episode we're recording is because I tend to, uh, we, we record these in advance about roughly between four to six weeks, depending on how, how far ahead we are of when they go out. So at this at this very moment, I'm editing a different episode to go out tomorrow. So uh, I'm I always get confused about which episode number I'm editing and which episode number I'm recording. So uh, that that's that's the uh, explanation for well, that's my excuse anyway for my uh, my terrible memory there. Uh, yeah, so White Hole, uh, to give a brief synopsis of it, the Red Dwarf crew attempt to restore Holly's six thousand IQ. But while more than successful there, it has some unintended consequences for her lifespan and she shuts herself down and the ship off to save herself, leaving the crew extremely vulnerable to a white hole that the ship comes across. Now, before we start, I do need to ask you guys one very important question. Oh boy. Would you like some toast? Um, Give me some chance to make a cup of tea and yeah, I'll, I'll have some <laughs> Because we have the return of Talkie Toaster (laughs) at the very top of this episode, who we haven't seen for a couple of series, I believe. Yeah. Snazzy new design. One thing I forgot to ask you, Jesse, at the top was how what's your history with the show? Do you do you have you seen every episode or I've seen I've seen every episode, even up to like the most recent movie. Also, I'm I'm actually worried now because did my Did you watch a different episode? (laughs) I am is this the one with the body swap? No! Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest who watched the wrong episode. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I'm literally looking at. So I I downloaded it, and it says episode four, season four, White Hole. I'm not even kidding. It says White Hole here, but it's it's a different episode. And I'm like, oh "Oh, no! I'm listening to your description. I'm like, I think I watched the wrong episode. (laughs) But it says white. But like, I'm not crazy. It says White Hole. So somebody's labeled the wrong episode. Yeah, with the wrong title. What's wrong with you, Internet? Simple. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Don't worry. So (laughs) this is is the body swap. This has never happened before. (laughs) Hasn't has it? We we. I mean, you know. We've already done the body swap one, so we can't do it again. <laughs> oh wait, was body swap series three episode four? Oh, it might. Is that where they? Is, uh, I say, is that where the person who's maybe I don't know? But let me have a look. Have we done. We did. Have got, we done body swap? 
We have done body swap. It's, it's the one we did with Billy. It was the worst one. Uh, the worst one we thought we, what was the worst it episode was a pretty so bad far. One. I was like, wow, this is <laughs> yeah. a really terrible episode. <laughs> yeah, it is a terrible episode. It is the worst rated episode. We've is the worst rating we've given an episode so far. Um, body swap. Yeah, series three, episode four. They've just Why labeled the series a- wrong. Yeah, this is it. Straight up oh. says series four, episode wow. four, White Hole. No, no, no. I mean, if if you don't mind waiting, half an hour while you watch the episode. I actually, I can do that real quick if you don't mind. That is fine. We can do that. that. I'm happy to do that. It's yeah. fine by me. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> very start, refreshing just memory. Start, yeah. yeah. We can just start <laughs> right at... Um, yeah, give I, me oh, a I, minute. I'm I including so this in the podcast. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is staying me, in. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download it right now and get the right episode. Oh, my God. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry no, about that. don't worry. It's okay. Look at me being I, I did wonder why you looked very confused when I asked if you'd like some <laughs> toast. I was like, oh no. <laughs> you'll be wa- right. you'll be watching that film back in the edit, just like the look of fear. <laughs> She's like, it's like what? Oh shoot. <laughs> at least at least it's only like a twenty minute show. That's true. But, at least we weren't doing yeah. like I don't know, like a movie review or something. Oh god, like. yeah, we're doing one of the movies. Uh well here we can we can talk about my history with Red Dwarf real quick while it downloads and then I'll quick watch it and then we can mm. then we can um but yeah, no, my I read Dwarf History, so <laughs> we're waiting for this. Um, I've actually I see, saw all of it uh, like years and years ago, um, and then I've um, seen all the way up to the the newest movie that like just came out like last year. The Promised Land, so ex- yeah, yeah. And I remember I was so excited because um, when I I lived in London for a semester of college, and it was the year that season ten came out like and so they had like this like the red dwarf x like all over posted everywhere and i'm like yes i know the show i get i get the british stuff i get it now <laughs> where did you first encounter it then where did, was it on was it on pbs no weirdly my first my first actual encounter with it was a friend of mine um so i worked at a boy scout summer camp and on weekends we were we were we were allowed to like go wherever do whatever um but it was up in the Adirondacks, so we, there was nothing really around. And one of my friends actually lived in, lived in the Adirondacks, and he invited us over to his house. And we watched the entire first series of Red Dwarf in, like, a day um, while we were just, like, had a day off. So that that was a lot of fun. And then from there, I think it was, like, it was on Netflix for a hot minute. Yeah, um, it only got – I don't know about in the U.S., but it got removed from Netflix here a couple of weeks ago. So oh, yeah. we've, I've now had to go over to watching it on BritBox. I don't know if you've heard of BritBox, but that's another, no, no. That's another streaming service, which uh, I think is available in the US and it, it hosts, it's basically all British stuff. So if you like other British comedies and stuff and, and want somewhere to, uh, I, sound like, I sound like I'm an advertising exec <laughs> form or something. Yeah, like, go watch BritBox. Go watch all the British stuff. <laughs> so, sponsored by BritBox. We make Absolutely. no money from them. They don't even know we exist, but sponsored by BritBox. <laughs> Free subscription would be appreciated. Please. <laughs> um, all right. This looks like it's almost downloaded. So okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop off. I'm going to watch this. And actually, I will. So I sometimes watch shows at double speed. I'll double speed this one. I know it won't be exactly. You don't have to. Biggest. It's fine. No, it's fine. I don't want to keep you guys waiting too long. I feel bad. So after a brief interlude there, while uh, Jesse went and watched it's the like episode, a thirty-minute interlude. <laughs> we are back. We're back. Jesse has now seen the correct episode. <laughs> Adam has replenished his tea. I do. And I got we another are, cup of tea. We're good to go. So it's almost so like the timeline has been reset, and we yes. we've gone back. <laughs> so now I can make the references that people will get. <laughs> yep. And we can finally talk about Talkie Toaster. 
Got, got all the way back. Talkies, the name, toasting's the game. So, um, what, did, what did people think of Talkie Toaster this time around? Yeah. I mean, was it, did we see him? It was series one we saw him in first, wasn't it? And uh, then not... Might have been two, actually. Was it two? Oh, I can't okay. remember. It was one or two. Um, one of those first two seasons uh, or series, and then... Yeah, I liked him. I, I like the I like the jokes. I like the personality of Talky Toaster. I like the fact that when Lister first comes in the room and realizes like what it is, he he just hates it straight away. That was really funny. But yeah, no, I like Talky. I like Talky. I always enjoy Talky Toaster. I, like I said, I'm this is I'm like now I'm watched two episodes recently and I haven't having not watched it in so long. <laughs> I'm just like I remember Talky Toaster. Talky Toaster's great. He's the only only one. Who is just living his best life, I feel like, on this ship. <laughs> Constantly asking if you want some toast. Talking of which, has anybody ever tried asking a uh, an Echo device if they want some toast? No. No, let me do it for you. Hold on, I've got one behind no. me. Alexa, would you like some toast? No, thanks. I want no muffins, no toast, no tea cakes. No buns, bath spaghetti, or bagels. No croissants. No crumpets. No pancakes. No potato cakes. And no hot cross buns. And definitely no flapjacks. There you go. No that is way. perfect. That no is amazing. Way. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's freaking amazing. <laughs> she watches Red Dwarf. She's a Red Dwarf. And those, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if that will still. I don't have one in this room. I have one in the other room. Um, but I wonder if that would still happen in the US or if that's just a Ooh. UK central. You'll have to try it later and report back. <laughs> I will, I will, yeah. So uh. did you know that the voice of Talkie Toaster here, I think it's a different vo- I don't think it's the same voice as when Talkie Toaster previously yeah, appeared. Yeah. But the voice of Talkie Toaster here is the actor that played the original Crichton in oh. series two of Red Dwarf. Oh, shoot. Oh, oh that's awesome. So, so he wasn't salty about being recast there. So. No, and in fact, in a uh, apparently in an interview, this is um, David Ross is the actor's name. Um, apparently, in a in a interview, he once said that he much he, he found voicing Torgy Toaster much more enjoyable because he didn't have to endure the makeup. Yeah, and then you just show up whenever you want on like a Tuesday and just yeah, like, and he did, didn't have to learn the lines because he just stood in front of a microphone with his script and. Yeah. I mean, the lines can't be that hard for the character. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, would you like some toast? Would you <laughs> like some toast? <laughs> Great, David, go again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I am Groot. Yeah. Vin Diesel, man, made so much money on saying I that, hasn't am, he? I am Groot. <laughs> there you there go, you go that's the new There's casting. $2 million yeah. right there, whatever. So. If they ever make a Red Dwarf, like, big screen movie, that's who they need to cast as Talkie Toaster, get uh, Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. <laughs> that would be, the, I would be so, I mean, having just watched F9, or F9, as they say, last night. F9. I'm, 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 <laughs> I am all down for Vin Diesel everything. <laughs> Oh man, I did. Then, I love the uh, the waffle joking. You know, the, like what? Like, well, what Alex just did there—the whole no bats, no baguettes—and it's the running gag. And then Talkie's like, "Ah, so you're a waffle kind of guy." <laughs> it just really kept it going. I loved it. I was wondering at this point because anybody who is a long term, long time listener of the podcast will know that Adam has a bit of a. a a bit of a thing right. against the- <laughs> jokes that go on for a long time. So I was very curious about how you'd feel right. about this one. Just for content, uh, uh, for you, Jesse, it's not that I don't like long jokes. I just mm-hmm. think my, uh, um, 
I was going to say my attention span then, but I'm selling all my generation short. I just like, I, f- I feel the the essence of like, you know, the comedy in a joke can be lost mm. like so quickly. Um, yeah. And usually if it's Elon, and uh, there's just been some episodes in the last few uh, series of Red Dwarf where I think that's happened. Like they've started strong and then somewhere in the middle, it just, the energy of it just drops out a bit. And then by the time the punchline's there, I'm like, eh, I, I'm not really bothered about it anymore. So. Yeah, I I definitely I feel you a lot in 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 like a lot of Red Dwarf. Um, I feel like it has that same sort of thing where like the energy does just sort of drop and you're sort of like, all right, I got it, and yep. let's get <laughs> let's like, get to where it's going. I feel like moving. even ahead, I feel like that even gets a little bit ahead in in um the bit later on where they're sort of like jumping back and forth in the conversation. It goes on just a tad too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time, yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll get we'll get to that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to jump ahead. But yeah, no, no, I, I, I like I like the talking toaster bit, especially like number one for me, having not seen it in like the show in a long while. I'm like, OK, this is this is a nice little bit of like, oh, yeah, I got a nice little hit of nostalgia. But I feel like it's it works again, having not seen the toaster in so long. And then you're just yeah. like, oh, God, is it going to be any different? <laughs> it's going to change. It. And it's like it, it's, it's like a nice return for that after like two seasons of it not being there or yeah. three seasons, possibly. So. Yeah, and we know now know where it's been as well because as you referenced that uh, earlier, Adam, that you know uh, Dave comes in and he's like, "Oh no, what have you done? Why have you reactivated it?" And they refer to this accident, which was basically Dave just shoving it down the garbage chute to try and get rid of it because it kept on offering him breaded products, toasted oh. breaded products constantly. Uh, the reason the the reason they've resurrected this, uh, the Crichton has decided to resurrect this toaster though, is they're going to use it to restore Holly's IQ of 6,000, which uh, got lost at some point. Now, I, I think that the, this episode paints it as certainly lost what, you know, in that three million years before the show starts, after the accident. But, I mean, I do remember that Holly, played by Norman Lovett, referred to himself as still having an IQ of 6,000, although his portrayal of it wasn't necessarily... Was, was that just him sort of pretending he still had an IQ of 6,000? Or was think, that what... even, thinking, even thinking that he did still. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was wondering about that. But, they, but they're, they're even more successful than they ever thought possible because not only do they give her an IQ of 6,000, they give her an IQ of 12,000, double her previous IQ, and she gets a new yeah. slick look. <laughs> slick back hair yeah Looking i love very... that like oh increased intelligence means your hair must be slick back apart from that one little curl she had just like dangling on her the forehead perfect which curl. Is that is perfect uh, that curl. is intelligent like the the intelligent way to look of course oh absolutely and so so uh, so very of its early 90s era isn't it the, the perfect curl dangling i just mm. was like okay it and, is and the she... kind of like sort of almost the late 80s early 90s female businesswoman type look isn't it yeah. yeah, so I got my pantsuit on. I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> I, can, I can be a woman in a man's world. Like I can do this. <laughs> if she had yeah. shoulders, she would be wearing shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and also, also now that she has an IQ of twelve thousand, she's able to leave the screen and now just float. That's in a, I was gonna. I was gonna do that. Very like I. I guess that just you can break <laughs> physics now at twelve thousand. Yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah, well, she very using... quickly using her new IQ managed to construct or replicate a holographic another holographic projector that can somehow be sustained, even though they're also sustaining Rimmer. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose there is holographic projectors around because Rimmer's around. So I suppose why not? Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Yeah. 
I, I keep forgetting, though, that Rimmer's a hologram until... Uh, well, like well, you know, they mention it in this episode about the power drain. And I was like, oh yeah, he's 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 dead. It's a hologram. Just like the big when you H watch this on the show, head, yeah. not constantly. Well, I know there's you. the big H on the head, but they don't like. Obviously, the further you go, because obviously in the earlier seasons, it, like we was we've said before, it's that whole thing of in the early season. You know, whenever they leave the ship, he has to be in one of those like cage things to sustain the power. And then from like series three onwards, they're like. Nah, that's that's too impractical. He can just he can do whatever. So when that started, I think I just gradually forgot that he was a you know not forgot. You know when you say actors are so good at a role, you forget that they're acting sort of thing. I think it was just that I just forgot that he was a hologram, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, he's hologram unit." I was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's kind of dead." So <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, it still comes up, but I, if I recall, like future seasons get that less and less and less. Oh. <laughs> it, still, it still comes up from time to time, though. But yeah. 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 Uh, as well as uh, the fact that they, they have increased her IQ, though, there is a side effect which has dramatically mm. reduced her lifespan somehow um, to about three minutes, three minutes and 45 seconds or something like that. Yeah. So uh, she switches herself and the ship off just to save herself, which is going to kill the rest of the crew because that means the air supply and stuff and everything else is going to shut down yeah this brought me to one of my favorite moments where you know when it all goes off and the other guys are in the corridor and Crichton says can you can you hear that and he's like no you can't because there are no sounds to hear (laughs) i don't know why it just really the way he performed it really tickled me he took it so seriously but (laughs) my favorite one is when they finally get to the uh they get they, you have to use Crichton to bash in all the doors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. And it's, just, and it's just like a quick one. It's like, are you okay, Crichton's like, I'm fine, thank you, Susan. Like, it's just like a small <laughs> little off the cuff. I'm like, that's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. It's I think that is, a, that is a gif that I have used on Twitter before. Him going uh, about, yes, I'm fine, Sally. Whatever he says. <laughs> yes. Also, we didn't mention the talkie, the talkie toaster like extended segment that goes on oh, with uh, Holly. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, do, do we do we think there's too many bread jokes from Toasty? And yes, I know that's the point, but like, I don't know. Do you... I quite it, it felt different to the first scene with him in enough that I still enjoyed the second the second scene of his interaction with Holly. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fact that he keeps on saying, oh, I've got I've got to ask you a question. It's a very important question uh, before you turn off. And mm-hmm. and it's always about bread. <laughs> yeah. And then the very final one where he what does he say? It's actually good. It's, yeah. Given that God is infinite and that the universe is also infinite. Would you like a toasted tea cake? <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought it worked. It, it, it's one of those. It's one of those jokes where you know exactly where it's going right from the start, and you're like, you know, it's it's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'll ri- yeah. I'll take this ride with you. Yeah, I think Hattie as as Holly made that scene for me. I think more than more than Talky, just because I think of I think we've said before with Holly, they they're trying to do that thing of like obviously the 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 computer has a personality, but also tries to do that thing of still remaining like stoic in the face and relatively non-expressive. And I just think mm-hmm. ha- um, Hattie, sorry, Hattie Haybridge um, has nailed that now. Because like, you know, her voice is going up and down all the time. There's emotion in there, but her face remains that wonderful, like computer, like base level stoicness for the most part. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I just as, as an actor, I, I just found that really admirable because it's not an easy thing to do. It's like give emotion, but don't show it. It's like, okay. That's, that's and she did that's a really a good one. job of of differentiating the low IQ, slightly ditzy Holly and mm. the the intelligent, uh, 
differentiating them, but still feeling like they were the same character. And that, you know, it's just somebody that has just had a change in IQ as opposed to completely rewritten their their whole sense of self, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it's a nice little subtle bit, yeah. Uh, so they, as well as the, so the power's gone off, and they, but they have worked out that one way they can uh, survive a bit longer is by turning off Rimmer, which obviously Rimmer is not happy about. And uh, one bit I really liked was from the cat where he said, you know, he says, I'd do it. And Rimmer goes, you'd sacrifice yourself for the good of the crew. And he goes, no, I'd sacrifice you for the good of the crew. <laughs> it's a typical absolute cat thing. Yeah. And and we're starting to see the build up of their like, he's always been, Rimmer has always been the butt of jokes and the butt of cats jokes. But as we, I think as we getting more and more into the series, there is this real like, it, it always comes from cat now. And like every opportunity cat will get, to say oh why can't we leave him behind why can't that that becomes a very much a reoccurring thing and it's starting around now i think yeah and and you and you get a little less of like lister being lister being annoyed but still like appreciating um appreciating uh river more and more i feel Mm. like yeah they 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 have their moments of bonding um occasionally I miss the observer observer deck scenes we got in series one and two of them bonding yeah. up on the uh, observation deck, but we don't seem to get those anymore. But they do have their moments, and and they will continue to as well. So yeah. I, th- I think Lister's been very uh, philosophical in a way these past few episodes, like compared to the start of the show when he is literally, you know, like the the slob who's like taking dick, like say what Cat's doing now. And then in the last episode, Justice, literally we said at the end, he goes on like a three, uh, well, not three minute. He goes on a very long speech about the justice system that seemingly comes out of nowhere. And then in this episode, obviously with, with Holly gone, he's, he's on about, Oh, you know, I never realized how much I relied on technology. And I was like, there's the message. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this was 1991, you know, Terminator two, that whole, Oh, technology's getting too big for its boots and all that. So, but I, I, I don't know. I felt the message in this one at least wasn't as, whilst it was addressed, it wasn't sort of as on the nose and out of nowhere as that Justice one was. Perhaps I don't mm. know. Yeah. Yeah, and it gets a little bit like a little bit messy too. In if if you're looking if you're looking for a message, because then there's the bits like it takes them like five days to like travel to the like cargo hold, which is yeah. also great. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that idea that the ship's so huge that it takes five days to get from place to place if you're just walking around. There was an episode um, we watched recently that had Rimmer go on a hiking holiday around the ship. He went on like a two-week hiking holiday around the ship, exploring different parts of the ship. And he, had, he was uh, showing off his slides of him in like engineering section B12 or whatever it was. That's yeah. wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Uh, we get to a point where they, they there's this sort of middle bit of the episode, which is kind of a bit weird because it's kind of between the two. They're just kind of dealing with the fact that the ship has no power. It's before yeah. the white hole stuff kicks off. It, it, so it kind of felt, I don't know if anybody else felt this, it kind of felt a little bit like a weird lull where they're just trying to like, they got the scene where they're on the bike, where um, uh, List, not Lister. Yeah, Lister. Lister's on yeah, the bike. Yeah, trying to power the hairdryer. He's trying yeah. to power a hairdryer to cook a egg. Which is, I was like, would that work? Yeah. <laughs> if you hold it I thought that up. as well. I was like, wait. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're applying heat to it. It's going to cook eventually. It's just whether I mean, yeah, you, you can just sustain to... it long enough. I mean, I burned myself with a hairdryer before. I feel like you'd do it. I feel like you'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it would taste. 
uh, probably not good. You might get whatever, like what raw, raw egg poisoning, Ooh, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But better nice, than baked but... beans, apparently. Mm. Mainly but... because of the smell. Yes, <laughs> according but to I, I sort, I sort of know what you mean though. Like that scene was a bit. Yeah, it's just because I did think as well. Like the white hole stuff only really comes into play for like the last. Uh, like ten minutes of of the episode. I mean, so, to be fair. That is almost half the episode. That that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, I thought that scene was a bit lovely as well. It wasn't. Weird... It wasn't bad, but it was just yeah. It just it was just sort of there. The weird thing fo- is, I... sorry, go ahead. Oh, just it kind of follows the rules of a lot of sitcoms of this era, where it's like the first half of the episode is like an extended bit. And then there's like a second half of the episode that's like another extended bit, but you have like the transition bit in the middle and like the first and last part of the episodes don't really connect. Like I remember seeing that you see that a lot in like the Simpsons in this era too, where it's just like you have like a five, like a shorter five to 10 minute bit. And then you have like the last half of the episode is another sort of bit, but they're like two separate ideas generally. Yeah. And in my memory of this episode, well, in my memory of this, these were two different episodes in my memory. Like I thought, I generally thought that the, episode where and we'll get to it that lister was playing pool with planets was a completely separate episode where to the one where they tried to increase holly's iq that's that's just like you know the mandela effect or whatever it is it's not the mandela effect because it's not loads of people it's just me (laughs) but uh (laughs) but you know where like you're so convinced they were i was just so convinced they were two completely separate episodes that when it did that transition to the white hole stuff i was like oh this is this is the same episode. Oh, okay. I've clearly remembered this all wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. It's just interesting, like structure for comedies at this time. Mm. Yeah. Because now we get like, because and I we we get a little bit of that still today, but I feel like most sitcoms are just like, all right, we have one basic idea going all the way through. No, there's some times where it breaks that, but generally that's sort of the way. Yeah, they might have like an unconnected pre-credit skit type bit, mm. and then the the main plot kicks off pretty much as soon as. The credits finish rolling or, or ah, something like exactly. that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we, uh, what happens next? So we get the... Oh, yeah, the time dilation starts. Um, mm. And we get what what I felt was quite a good reference back to an old episode um, with Kat going, what is it? Which references back to uh, Stasis Leak when they... Had, which is another time timey-wimey episode because they it was the episode where they go back to when the, the crew were all alive in time travel. And Kat, in that episode, asks, what is it? And somebody explains it. He, he doesn't understand, so he goes, what is it? And I didn't like that joke in that episode. I thought that one went on too long. I just didn't find it particularly funny. However, here, I liked what they did with it here because it was kind of referencing back to that. He said it in exactly the same way. So it felt like they were referencing it. Uh, but what they did with it, with the whole looping time, and wh- sometimes it was him g- having joking. looped time, sometimes it was him just joking about it and doing it again. I thought that worked really well. What do you guys think? I liked it. I think it. I think, as I said before, I think this whole scene goes on a tad too long, just like a little bit of a hair too long. But mm-hmm. I liked that. That joke part of it was really, really, really good. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think I I agree with you, Jesse. That I, it went on a little bit too long for me. Like the, the ideas of it, and like you said, Phil, about it sometimes being a joke and sometimes being the dilation. Like the first time around, like yeah, great, loved it. And the, even the second time around, changing it up a bit. But then when they started doing it again, I was like, okay, like cool. Thank you, thank you for your joke. I appreciate it. <laughs> let's let's progress. Let's have a new joke. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
I guess it's it's always hard, isn't it? Because obviously, with comedy being so subjective, I'm sure lots of people would have found all of that really funny, and that it was the perfect length and all that. But yeah, just for me, it was a bit, little bit, little bit, little bit too long. Yeah, along with that, and like the scene beforehand where they're like doing the arm stretchy bit and like the time dilation, and mm. I get like I get this is like a little bit older, so like the idea of like time dilation <laughs> might need a little bit more explaining. But I, I, I was sort of like, all right, I got it after about two <laughs> seconds. And the whole bit where they're like, I'm speaking really fast. You're speaking really slow. I was like, all right, yeah, that was, yep, we, we got, got that. Yeah, I, I do agree there. Yeah. I only needed to do that once. Yeah, they did it I like agree. Almost three times. They did it like, okay, they're in, they're in separate things. One crosses over to the other one and it sounds the same again. So they, yeah. It's just back and forth. And they, yeah, they went. They did that too many times. I will say, though, that that scene, I agree with you guys, it did go on a bit too long, but it did contain my funniest line of the episode, which oh. I'll save for the end. Save, save but, for the end when we come to our yes. funniest moments. <laughs> okay, I look forward yeah. to hearing that. <laughs> so that scene where, with the what is it scene, I like the cat stuff. I also liked the, um, I for me, that didn't go on too, too long. I mean, I can I can see it might, might have gone on at like a fraction too long. But what I liked was that they did keep changing, like, it wasn't all that, the cat repeating what is it. There were other things mixed in there. Like, there was the bit about the, the, like, almost like they skipped a bit. So they were like, oh, that's an answer to a conversation we haven't had yet. And then later on we see that and the kind of timey-wimey nature of it. I mean, we're all... We're all Doctor Who fans here. We uh, we love a timey wimey situation. Oh yes, <laughs> exactly. Gotta love it. It's like, and I and I like that's how it ends. Like, and here's the middle. Yeah, that was a good little way to wrap it out. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the time they fixed the time dilation by playing pool with planets, <laughs> which is such an awesome concept. I love that idea. Yeah, it's great, and they visualized it really well with the kind of getting the three D projection of the planets up, and him having this kind of. Like how they were going to fire the thing was positioned with almost yeah. like a pool cue, but it was on this weird arm, mm. mechanical mm. arm thing. Beautiful BBC early nineties three D. Can't go wrong. Yeah, but it actually, stunning. I thought it actually looked. <laughs> it was, good. you know, for nineteen ninety one. I was like, okay, okay, you spent you spent some money back then, you know. Yeah. No, the, the effects, <laughs> the effects. That I I I always love like the effects of this era where it's just like some weird editing tricks and like oh but then actually some random like really good cgi like earlier in the episode it's like the it's clearly like the editing bit was just like they cut a scene in half and like they just elongated yeah. one side of it when they were in the hallway whereas here it's like oh this is actually some decent cgi so it just goes from like the barest like the quickest cheapest way you could do an effect to some more expensive ones yeah. it's kind of funny and the model work as well, especially like when you see uh, Lister take, yeah, take the, sh- oh my God, I was like, wow, man. Like, and Starbug, I mean, I think we've said before that the ships like Starbug and all that always look great as models. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's the same in this, like all the, I say all the planets flying around and the explosions going off. I, it was one of the best, like I'd say model sequences that I'm, I've seen so far on the show. I'm not sure how many, I've been warned, you see, Jesse, that eventually in the late nineties around maybe series seven or eight, the the awkward 90 CGI starts to come in a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm waiting for it. The model work and into yeah. CGI a bit more. I'm doing, I'm doing this. I'm doing a Star Trek Voyager rewatch right now. And I'm just like, it's Star Trek has that same thing around that point where they move yeah. away from the models and into terrible CGI. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. isn't it funny though? How like, obviously CGI, I guess, ages all the time, the nature of it and stuff, but it's always that like mid to late nineties that has aged the worst. Mm. Like some of the 2000s stuff, you can be like, yeah, that's, that's all right. You know, you can tell it's older, but it's all right. Mid to late nineties. It's like, ooh, 
ah, yeah, that's uh, but it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, they had to do that for it to <laughs> yeah, get no, to of course, of for course, them to improve yeah. enough to get to the point where they are now. Yeah. yeah, well, I think I think what the what the difference was was like when they were just starting. I was like, "Hey, cool, we have CGI, so we want to show it to you." And mm. because they show it to you, they like don't have any ways to hide it. They're just like, look at CGI, and so just like, it's so clearly just not a thing that exists there, and looks very waxy and very awful. Yeah. But then yeah. as you get away from that, they start to realize, oh, CGI works best when you like kind of like put it in shadow or like kind of hide it in like other things and sort of like try and fit it into the scene a little more instead of like showing like look it's CGI and that's and that's sort of the difference I feel like well thank god they did go down that route could you imagine if today we were still in that look it's CGI realm with like all the big big budget movies and stuff how weird would that be oh yeah but at the time (laughs) unless you're a Marvel movie as a kid at the time I remember thinking it all looked really cool all the CGI which now looks terrible like I remember watching the um, the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie uh, <laughs> oh boy. of the nineties, and yes. that has CGI Zords in it. And it does. Now looking back, oh my word, they look terrible. But at the time, I was like, oh my word, they're the coolest Zords ever. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, there's an episode. So tonight after after this, um, I'm recording What the Frell, and there's in the episode of Farscape I just watched for that. They literally do a scene where just like, oh, we're gonna do a full CGI creature, just show you everything. Uh, and just like, oh boy, oh boy, that did not, no, oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, the Lister initially isn't going to be playing Paul with Planets. It's just um, Holly has come up with where they need to hit everything and it's kind of projected onto the screen. And Lister's like, no, 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 that won't work. That won't work. I Trust me, I played Paul my whole life. This is what you need to do. And I'm glad that somebody in the show actually was like, oh, what? That makes no sense. Put planets don't work the same way as a pool table. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 no. And, and of course, it, he pulls it off. Of course. <laughs> trick shot. Trick shot. Trick, trick shot. shot. Yeah. Trick do, shot. You think he inte- do you think he intended that all to happen or was oh, that no. just pure luck? Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he was just sheer luck. Sheer luck. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? Like a, a game, I, I have at least. So, you know, in a game of pool, when something like that happens and the person's like, oh, yeah, yeah, pl- calculated, absolutely. And, you, and you're like, no, no, come on. Like, you got you got a very lucky break. And they're like, nah, nah, planned it, planned it. And it's like, all right, we'll do it again. And then they never can. Yeah. As That's much like as I love with... Lister, yeah, he, he, he didn't, he didn't plan that. That's so. like with me with every video. It's just like, yeah, I planned <laughs> that. That was supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say the same. Oh yeah, I plan to get demonetized by YouTube. I plan that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a calculated game. They just keep game. coming after me. I hate money. I hate money. It's fine. Yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to eat. It's fine. Yeah, I can just exist. You know. <laughs> uh, uh, but they, yeah, he's successful, and um, yeah. and as a consequence, the white hole is closed, which means the time dilation somehow wibbly wobbly timey wimey means none of this ever happened. Literally yep. the whole space. episode. Did not pulling, <laughs> pulling pulling a Star Trek Voyager reset button at the end. <laughs> yeah, good old reset big red reset button. Uh, mm. Which Crichton takes full advantage of in his last moments before they pop out of existence to mm. tell Rimmer what he really thinks of him. Yeah. Which is nice. At least it's like somebody like, oh, we, we understand like he can do that sort of thing. It's a nice little moment of character growth that also like, even though it's reset, like at least makes you understand how he feels for later episodes. So at least it shows you some something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I thought it was quite a funny epi- a funny note to end the episode on as well because another thing that we've said in the past is 
the ending of episodes on Red Dwarf is a bit hit and miss. Sometimes it can really be like, oh, that just came out of nowhere. That just ended. And mm-hmm. like it was really weird ending. Yeah. Um, but this one, I think, worked quite well. It kind of tied up. It felt like it, it it got to its natural conclusion and it was a funny ending to mm-hmm. line to end on. Yeah. Except, no. except, oh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 you go, you go. It's fine. I don't know why I should care to think about the logic of Red Dwarf. But <laughs> but the whole thing is, okay, if they did the redundant timeline and like it erases everything and everything still goes on, as it were, and they, they'll still exist in the normal timeline, they still would have tried to reset Holly, though, because that was before they encountered the White Hole. So it's like, yeah. would that still be a problem in future episodes where she only has like a three-minute lifespan? It should technically <laughs> be so, but it won't be. But, I, I, but it, technically it should be. Unless, unless they were already feeling the effects of the white hole but hadn't noticed it yet i guess so but only if the white hole influences them to decide to do that in the beginning right yeah i'm just saying i'm just saying the logic of red dwarf isn't following through i'm very upset this is the show where i demand (laughs) and as we know up up until this point the logic of Red Dwarf has been oh, yeah. flawless. Yeah. The logic they, and continuity they, has been perfect. They absolutely <laughs> never set up anything at the end of the episode and completely ignore it the following week. Hmm. Yep, yep, never, ever never. at all. And yeah, that's kind of the end of the episode. I mean, we'll move on to uh, our, our favorite character and favorite funniest moments in a second, but is there anything else anybody had it like in their notes that they wanted to bring up or anything? Have we covered uh, everything? I, I think I got all of mine, yeah. Yeah, excellent. So one thing we usually do here on the show is we talk about uh, who our favorite character was in the episode. So uh, Jesse, as the as the guest, who would you like to go first? Who was your favorite character? It can be for any reason whatsoever. It can be because they were the funniest. It can be because they had an emotional impact on you. It can be just because you liked one line. You know, anything really. I mean, it has to be the toaster. Come on. Yeah. It has to be. That's the best character. Come on. <laughs> Would you like some toast? <laughs> Adam, do there you we concur? Go. I, yeah, I concur. Yeah, me <laughs> too. After that first scene, I was like, Talkie's probably going to be my favorite, unless one of them, like, really pulls up. And, you know, the others were great, as usual. But, yeah, Talkie absolutely um, stole the show this time, which breaks my Crichton streak of... Um, I think was it, is it four episodes in a row? Yeah, the last four episodes. So, your favorite character, yeah. Brighton. So Talkie's done it. He's yeah, broken the streak. Yeah, I mean, Talkie's always too. my favorite. So, so I'm I'm sad that he's not my favorite in this one either. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say that Holly comes a close second in this one because mm. she does mm. do some great stuff. And and well, I think you know, out of uh, probably the most, although she wasn't in the second half of the episode much, the first half was probably the most we've seen of her you know, focus on her since mm. since she took since Hattie took over the role from uh, Norman Lovett at the beginning of series three. So that was nice to see. So she's close honorary second for me. Yeah, honorary exactly. second. Like that. What about funniest moments? What was everybody's <clears throat> funniest moment? It can be a line, it can be a whole scene. Uh I mean I'm trying to think. I I I think I'm gonna have to give it to the opening bit with like the like the whole like I don't want any of the, the all the whole bit. I think that might be my uh my favorite scene of the whole episode. Good choice. That was going to be mine as well until <laughs> this line in the, and this, this I'm sure maybe some of you listeners will be like, why that's not funny, but it's the line when they're doing the time dilation stuff. And I think it's Crichton who's in the, let's call it the slow-mo portion. 
And um, Rimes says, you sound like Paul Robeson on Dope. <laughs> and that just really made me... Like, because a... I've, I love Paul Robeson. Like, for anyone who... I know he's quite an old singer, but he's he, if you're listening, he's got a very, very deep voice. My very dad, beautiful voice. My dad voice. used to listen to him. Now, here's, here's, like, um, here's a turn up for the books, because usually it's me having to explain to you the ref the cultural references in this show because i'm i'm somewhat older than you are adam um but uh, this time you're gonna have to explain to me who who this person oh, okay. is because i've never heard of this uh, person paul robeson was a singer from i think like the 1920s to the 19 am i right saying like the 1940s i think, I think 40s, so. 50s. Yeah. i don't yeah. know the specifics i just know the voice because my dad used to listen to him all the time mm. so. Yeah, he did a lot of um, old-timey musical uh, stuff okay. like Porky and Bess and um, Showboat as well. Um, if you just listen to his voice, though, it's a lovely, like, deep, resonant, uh, baritone voice. And so when, obviously, given that Crichton's got a deep voice, and he said, you sound like Paul Robeson on Dope, that made me, for some reason, imagine what if Paul Robeson just got high. And that made me laugh. And I kept laughing. and actually <laughs> forgot what the next part was. So it's only because I have that connect, because that was my it's my grandmother's favorite as well. And I really love Paul Robeson, so for that reason, it's my it's my funniest moment. That's so yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And mine mine is is that first talky toaster scene as well. Um, uh, specifically, I'm going to call out the one line: "Ah, so you're waffle man." That's yep. That was that was mm. the bit which really had me in that scene. But uh, yeah. yeah, just talky to- talky toaster man. <laughs> yeah. Best so character, good. best character. Definitely. Hopefully, we'll see more of him. No spoilers, please. But hopefully, fing- fingers crossed. No spoilers <laughs> for the newbie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope so. It would be a shame if if Talky disappeared for another three seasons and then came back again. So. What uh? What does everybody give this <clears throat> out of ten? We give uh, Mark's scutters out of ten. How many scutters out of ten would you give this episode, Jesse? I'd probably give it a solid. Uh, Let's say eight. Eight's good. It's not a ten. Ooh, like nice, there's nice. a there's a couple bits that go on a little bit too long, but overall it's like it's creative. It's funny. There's some good gags. There's some good bits. Um, it it's not one that like particularly stands out in my huge memory of Red Dwarf. Um, mm. but it's one that's like, oh yeah, this is a solidly good episode, especially after having accidentally watched the body swap one before this, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's bottom rung, bottom rung. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I wonder if we'll find one. Well, I wonder if I'll wait, Ron. Look, because I agree with you. I think that uh, of what I've watched so far, that is my least favorite. The body swap one. So I'll, mm. I'll, I'll be curious to see if that ever gets beaten. But this one, uh, I'm going to go half a step lower than you, Jesse. I'm going to give this one a seven point five. Um, a lot of the same reasons you said I agree with you. Some things a little bit too long. I would have liked to have seen the whole white hole thing maybe begin earlier. Maybe mm. not even at the start of the episode, but. I, I don't know. I kind I would have liked to have seen a bit more of the effects and stuff, and like what it meant for them all and that sort of thing. But yeah, this was a fairly solid episode. Some standout, like mainly talky stuff, like we said. So yeah, I'll sleep. Yeah, seven point five. That's what I'll give it. I am going to go with uh, eight. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with, be with the same as you on this, uh, Jesse. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight. It's a pretty funny episode. Uh, talky toaster obviously gives it a whole. Just in a whole extra point by I mean, it would have been a, it would have been a two. It would have been a two without talking, really. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's good stuff from Holly as well. Um, I, the only thing is that middle bit lull, lull, You know, the lull in the middle was a bit, maybe a bit of a weaker point. And like I say, there are yeah. some bits that go on a bit too long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an enjoyable episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there we go. That's that's another episode down. Uh, we are 
well, we're almost at the end of uh, series four now, so we're oh my. Whew, getting our way what through they, this. What are they at now? Like twelve series plus the movie. Twelve plus the oh, yeah, twelve plus the <laughs> special. Yeah. When I when I came into this, and I was like Red Dwarf. Yeah, that's like what few few seasons, handful episodes. He was like, yeah, there's over a hundred. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I had no idea it had gone on. Well, still going on as long as it. I thought it was like a '90s thing that yeah. fizzled out. But um, alas, I have uh, I am mistaken. And then you yeah. got to read the novels. I mean, to be fair, though, like 100 <laughs> episodes is like three American seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And talking of the novels, uh, we now, me and Adam now both, both own the first two novels. Uh, oh, so dang. we will be doing a special episode at some point yes. once Ooh, we finish fun. reading them on the novels. Yeah. And maybe one day if we can find a good version, we will might tackle the American pilot version of Red Dwarf. That oh, apparently isn't I forgot that was a thing. So Have you ever seen yeah. that? I've never seen that. No, that's that's uh, got to be fun. I'll be one I've of only those, seen like, oh, clips, God. and it, the clips are bad. Oh, <laughs> well, that's that's some of the best stuff, though. I always like it when they do like it's like, oh God, why, why? Mm, yeah, so, so we might it, come to that in the yeah, future. Yeah, <laughs> these are some of the specials that uh, our listeners will have a, have uh, to wait for, for while we get around to doing them. But uh, but every week we'll be doing uh, our usual trek through in order. Uh, before we someone say Trek? What? Trek? <laughs> <laughs> Trek. Don't tease me like that. Stars. <laughs> big hey, well, we're ship. doing Star Trek next, apparently, so you come and join us for that. Yes, yes. I mean, you'll, if, if you'll have me, I will be here. There I can't go. start another uh, rewatch of Trek from the beginning because I haven't finished my last rewatch of Trek from the beginning. About, when was it? I think maybe six years ago i started watching enterprise and i've been watching uh-huh. them in chronological order like timeline chronological order since so this was before discovery started um oh and i'm only okay. i'm only up to like series four of tng because i just kept kept on stopping for long periods of time so <laughs> i can't start again i've got to finish i've got to finish the, the one i'm already on <laughs> See, that's my been my problem with, like I said, I'm doing a Star Trek Voyager rewatch now, and it's just like, I that one I've been stopping and starting for the past few months, because honestly, in my opinion, Star Trek Voyager's early seasons are some of the hardest ones to get through. Not because they're the worst, like early TNG is probably the worst, but early TNG is bad in an interesting way, whereas early Voyager just kind of like, eh, it was an episode, you know? <laughs> just a bit dull. Yeah, it's just a bit dull. It gets better, it gets better. Voyager definitely gets better, but it's just, it's the roughest one, because it's like, eh, yeah. Whereas like TNG, I'll be like, what? Who who thought the planet of half-naked people rubbing each other with apparently if you step in our garden we'll murder you thing was a good idea, <laughs> which is an actual episode of TNG. Uh, it's like a bunch of hot naked people rubbing each other, and then if you step on this one patch of garden, they will apparently kill you. It's like legitimately <laughs> wow. an episode. Yeah, <laughs> This is what you I have to look that. forward to when you eventually get around to TNG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adam. wonderful well when that day comes i'll be i'll be ready yeah <laughs> uh, look where can people find you on the interwebs jesse uh you can find me on my youtubes uh it's jesse gender where i do videos every single friday big video essays and fun stuff like that um i also do streaming on both my youtube channel and on twitch mostly video games and i get drunk on my video game streams which is always fun <laughs> um and then i am also on twitter where you can find me doing you know ranting about politics or whatever's on my mind at the time um, and also, uh, I have a secondary channel called Jesse Gender After Dark, where I do other reviews and stuff, and I also have a Patreon, where you can help support me doing what I do. 
So that's all the stuff. But the main stuff yeah. is the Just Gender YouTube channel. So that's that's where all the main stuff. Is. Yes, get to getting to a hundred thousand before the end of the year. Adam, <laughs> do you want to plug yes. where people can find you. Yes, of course. So uh, on YouTube, just Adam Martin. That's Martin with a Y. Um, I should pop up. I do videos on Doctor Who, various other pop culture things, just sort of whatever I'm interested in. I like to talk about me hobbies and stuff. And um, Twitter, if you want to tune into my ramblings, uh, it's Adam Martin AMTV. Uh, I'll post, you know, a few uh, few jokes, a few memes, a few giveaways as well. And uh, yeah, that's me. And what about you, Phil? Uh, well, if you're not watching this on my YouTube channel, which you might not be because it's also available as a podcast on various other platforms. Uh, then you can find me. It's just my name, Philip Hawkins. Um, and I do stuff about Doctor Who and MCU and other pop culture. And of course, this Red Dwarf podcast is hosted up there as well. If you delve far enough back into my back catalogue, you'll find another video with Jesse on uh, where we talked about Doctor Who's big uh, the big finish release, Stranded One. And uh, we talked a bit about like uh, how it tackled transgender representation. So do go and check that out if you've got some time. And you never know, we might be doing another video on yes. Stranded 2. <laughs> Possibly uh, tomorrow. Soon. Possibly Intense. recording tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that one, I believe, is going on your channel, isn't it, Joe? Your second yep, channel. That'll be that'll be going on Jesse Ginger After Dark. So look for that uh, sometime in the next few weeks, I'm sure. So I, I don't know when this will come out compared to that one. So if it's not up already, it'll be up soon. So. Yeah. Um, and you can find me on Twitter, which is, I'll spell it out for you because because <laughs> it's weird. I-U-D-E-X underscore Phil with one L. So that's how you can find me. Uh, Still I'm, not changed it, Phil. Oh, I know. I keep saying I'm going to change it because it's <laughs> weird and nobody can spell it. And if I say it, people spell it differently. And if people look at it, they think the I is an L and it's... Oh, I just need to. That's why it. when I came up with Jesse Gender, I like I went and snagged everything. I snagged the URL. I snagged. The, I, I just, I like, this is mine, and I'm keeping it. I'm grabbing it yes. all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for watching. Do let us know what your thoughts are of this episode. If you're on YouTube, in the comments below, or you know, let us know on Twitter. We've, oh, I haven't said the we have a Twitter account for the show as yes, well. Yes, we do. At All Dead Dave Pod. Uh, so mm. do let us know on there as well if you can, and don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. We'll be back next week for another episode. Thanks a lot. See you then. Yeah.